Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company with special guest, bassist, and composer, Rob Thorson. San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. All right, that's me. Welcome back to San Diego Sessions. I'm your host, Ian Tordella, and I'm here in studio with two very fine gentlemen on my right. Ed Kornhauser. Mr. Ed Kornhauser. And our guest today... Mr. Uh, Rob Thorson. Bassist and composer Rob Thorson, who rode his bike all the way over here from uh, two blocks away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I feel really bad about, because I also live two blocks away, but I drove. And it's downhill for you, Ed. Yeah, it's true, huh? <laughs> all right. So here we go with our usual top of the show. I have some pressing issues, grievances... Uh, questions I need to address with Ed. Press away. So the first one is, um, okay, Ed, uh, what do you think? Art Taylor or Art Farmer? I'm going to go with Art Farmer, uh, only because as as we talked before the show, I've, I know him a little bit better than I know Art Taylor. He's, uh, I know Art's on one Randy Brecker album I like, but I've listened to more Art Farmer and I, I love his like style and composing as well. All right, this is the art art episode. So the next one, Art Davis or Art Pepper? Mm. Careful, Ed. You better get the right answer. I know. I feel like I'm walking Don't make on, a bass player angry. I know. I'm on eggshells here. Just kidding. I'm gonna, I might, I, I might make, make Rob mad. I'm going to go with Art Pepper. Art Pepper. All right. <laughs> Saxophones for the win. I, I love his... Uh, that, what's, the, what's the documentary that they made about him? One Bob's oh, in the one Bob Tales, Tales from a Jazz Survivor, and Bob yeah. Magnuson is in that. It's really great. The part with Bob. Yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. a there's a there's a quote Art has about local bass player Bob Magnuson where he says, "Yeah, Bob's cool. He's the one that if you were going to do a bank robbery, he'd be the one you'd want to hold the scatter gun. Yeah, he'd be the one <laughs> to hold the gun. They would never let me hold the gun because." All the guys in the band know I would use the gun the second I wanted to. <laughs> the second I needed to use it, I would use it. That's why Magnuson would have to hold the gun. Right. Um, I just like the phrase scatter gun. That's amazing. Uh, quick shout out for Art Davis, so who's one of my favorite bassists and doesn't uh, you don't hear about him in the same breath as you know some of the giants as Ray Brown and everybody, but totally phenomenal and uber creative bassist. And especially there's one Freddie Hubbard album. Is it Ready for Freddie? that he's on and it's just amazing uh, like every cut on it and stuff it's really like uh if you love bass check that out yeah he's kind of one of those guys like like reggie workman or jimmy Merritt, where yeah. you don't really pay attention to what they're doing until you start paying attention then you go yeah, like, whoa that whoa. is like yeah. super creative uh, anyway last one okay 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 we're departing from art uh <laughs> clifford brown or ray brown 
I thought you were going to say Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, that was last week. Yeah. With dogs and uh, Captain America or whatever. Okay. Clifford the, Brown or Ray Brown? I, uh, I'm going to go with my, my first love, which is Ray Brown. I've oh, always, right. Yeah. Wow, I had right on. Yeah. I love I loved his later trios. Like, I mean, he had the trio with Jeffrey Keezer before yeah. that, Eugene Harris. And uh, that always that stuff just makes me feel good, you know? Yeah, there's that cool album, too, with Cedar Walton and Elvin Jones called Something for Lester. Ah. Trio record that's really cool. He was leader on that, too. That's really cool. See, this is this is as educational for me as it is to our audience. i got to go home and listen to that one now. <laughs> as it is to our audience. Yeah. Hi, Mom. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Rob, thanks for being here today. Absolutely, Ed. Thank you so much for having me. Looking yeah. forward to this. Yeah. Uh, so you're um, part of a group called Voices of Our City Choir. Yes. And uh, what was the impetus behind starting this this choir? Um, I can't take any credit. All the credit goes to Steph Johnson and Nina Leilani, who had a, uh, they were friends and they were talking about the homeless issue in San Diego. And Steph had been going to city council meetings and pretty much being met with blank stares. And so they thought of starting this choir and hopefully maybe reaching out to more people that way as far as like making the public aware and also like helping people experiencing homelessness so they started the choir and it it started like most things kind of like in spurts and not with huge attendance or anything um but then some sort of key issues happened where uh kpbs did a program on it and then the san diego union did some newspaper articles on it and also a bunch of the choir members got, or people that were in the choir got ticketed and then the union did another article on that. So all of a sudden the visibility became great. And so that was how it all first started. Wow. I, heard, I heard about that when the cops were going around giving tickets for, for being homeless. Well, which they still do. So it's it's really a drag. It's, it's apparently San Diego's the last city that actually does that where they ticket you for being on the street. And I think you're supposed to be off the sidewalk by 5.30 a.m. or 6 a.m. or something, which is obviously with the number of people out there living on the street, that that's really a challenge. So also pretty soon after the choir began, you guys got the opportunity to, to play at the San Diego Music Awards. Yeah, we've had a bunch of like cool opportunities and we've done a bunch of concerts at churches and yeah some fairly like high visibility um concerts so it's really i mean steph is really in the loop of san diego music and so i think a lot of her contacts really helped and she also you know she would have some regular gig and ask hey is it cool if we bring the choir in like at panama 66 we did that and they're of course like yeah that'd be great so we bring people in and exposes everybody you know and and gets more people on board so it's been wonderful yeah, who, so who all makes up up the choir is it all um, people who are homeless or people who are affected by homelessness it's it's basically a community choir so it's open to anybody we've got um so we go out and do outreach and tell people about the choir we meet every week on friday and so we tell people and you can obviously be experiencing homelessness and show up, or you can just be a member of our community and just want to show up and help and meet people and sing. And it's a really, really joyous experience. So it's open to anybody. 
That's terrific. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's usually, the choir varies a lot. I mean, it's between uh, as few as maybe 15 to 20 and then as many as 40 or 50 sometimes. Wow. So it's, um, and most of our performances, I'd say there's 20 or 25 people in the choir and in the band, there's Nina Leilani playing piano. I'm on bass. Leah Bowden's on drums and Steph's playing guitar. And are you singing too, Rob? Or no, I sing bass? a little bit on the easy song, so I have trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh and I forgot to mention our friend Mark K, who is uh, a guitarist who also joins us and does some guitar solos and everything. Uh, I, like many instrumentalists, am slightly challenged in the physics of playing one part and singing another one. So it has to be like a pretty easy song where I, I jump in. I know what that's like. <laughs> it's, like having, it's, like, it's like having two heads. You know? Yeah. 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 Just bring a backup bass player, a ghost bass player. Exactly. Like yeah. Michelle, you know? Yeah, well, I was thinking uh, of hiring Michelle into cello. Maybe and then you can hire sing. her for your backup bass player. <laughs> uh, anyhow, but yeah, tell us the website where people can get more info about the Voices of Our City Choir. It's voicesofourcity.org. Okay, voicesofourcity.org. And let's lead it off by checking out one of your songs with, with vocalist and guitarist Steph Johnson, who's one of the leaders of the choir. Um, this is from your last record, called bass is the space but do you want to go ahead and introduce this song absolutely yeah this is a song um it's actually a composition of steph's called be light and she also recorded it on her latest record music is art but this version's definitely more sort of pared down with just bass bass and her so the album is called bass is a space and i released it about a year and a half ago and it features all sorts of san diego musicians including joshua white Steph Johnson, Gilbert Castellanos, uh, Fernando Gomez, and Marshall Hawkins. And I also did solos on it. I started out as a solo record, and then I got inspired. I was like, man, I have all these people I love playing music with. So I featured some of my friends. So I think there's four solo tracks and then seven, seven or eight uh, duo tracks on it. All right. Well, here we go with Be Light. Watch yourself be loved Oh, make your 
All right, you just heard from bassist Rob Thorson along with vocalist and guitarist Steph Johnson. And this is from that tune was from his record, Bass is the Space. And we encourage you to listen to it and purchase it at yeah. robthorson.com. Yes. So you can find all of Rob's gigs at robthorson.com. But one thing is, if we're, you know, for people in the scene, we are the scene. So uh, if everybody wants to keep making good records, we have to, we got to buy the records. Like Ed, whenever he plays on a record, you know, even if even if he still owes me money for a gig, and I'm going <laughs> to go over to his house and shake him down, I, I'll still buy the record. I think it's normally the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. And then Ed <laughs> buys my record when it comes out. So we're just like shifting the money around. Exactly. Well, absolutely. Well, and it is important to support one another. And I think that's one thing with San Diego that's like so happening and so unique is, you know, all you have to do is show up at Panama 66 on Wednesdays and you see just a plethora of musicians, everybody from, you know, the, everybody from the kids that are just learning to people that have been performing for 30 years and it's really exciting and it's great how supportive people are of one another a lot of cities i think don't have that and so yeah like i just bought bobby cressy's new record well it, he gave it to me and then i venmoed him some money because it was so good it <laughs> that's blew, great blew me yeah. away but yeah i mean people are coming out with incredible records so it's really uh i think it's great because people do support each other yeah and i don't know what it is about about lately i think i think maybe the city's putting something in the water but all these like young musicians that are coming up it's 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 crazy i don't oh, know give how. me a break yeah yeah i don't know incredible. i don't know how and i i know you're involved in education yeah i have a couple different educational projects i'm involved in one i started about almost 10 years ago and it's called jazz and american art form and we go into schools and do presentations um usually elementary school kids and about the history of jazz, and that band includes Gilbert Castellanos, uh, guitarist Bob Boss, Richard Sellers, and myself. And it's really cool. We yeah. reach usually eight to 9,000 kids a year, and it's done through Arts for Learning, which is a wonderful um, nonprofit organization that brings art, music, poetry, dance, everything to kids. And especially for like Title I schools, it's like really a deal so they can get these programs to come in, and it doesn't cost them very much. Yeah. And, and sometimes uh, the band even includes Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Absolutely. Also Curtis, Curtis Taylor, too, has been helping out with this. Yeah, project. we have a rotating uh, cast of characters and stuff. So it's fun because, once again, it sort of involves the whole community. That program's been great. And also, Gilbert Castellanos just started his Young Lions Jazz Conservatory. And that is really great. We just had our first meeting last Sunday, and the kids sound so good. I am leading two ensembles there, and that's going to be another, just another great organization for supporting the kids and jazz music here in San Diego. That's great. Where where's the where's the school at? It's uh, Gilbert's renting space over at Liberty Station, and it's at the Dorothy Lobb Dance uh, Space, which is like a three-story, you know, historic building. And it's great. We can leave our drums there. We've got a few amps there, so it's pretty much a no-brainer and a centrally located. Uh, and there's food and everything nearby, so when parents bring their kids, they can go hang out at Liberty Station. Yeah. Oh, and so for our listeners, this is a it's a Saturday program for for school age kids, right? And it's it, actually Sunday. Oh, it's sun. Sorry, this is a Sunday program for school age kids, and it, and it runs the entire academic year, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. a place to get together and learn about jazz from people that really know what they're talking about. And I think it's actually going to be and year round, if I remember correctly, that it's mm. going to be through the summer as well. Oh, oh, that's great. terrific! How yeah. can um, if if any of our listeners out there have uh, have aspiring jazz musicians as kids, how can they uh, look into signing up for this? Um, absolutely, you just go to Young Lions Jazz Conservatory dot org. 
and that gives you all the information. And so, yeah, we meet at Sundays. The first class starts at 9 a.m., and then Gilbert's teaching at the same time I'm teaching. Um, so there's classes from 9 to, I think, 4.30 that day, and then Gilbert also has a Monday night class as well. Wow. So for your other program, the Jazz as an American Art Form, you were mentioning this is, this is a really exciting program, especially for people who, who are in Title I schools, for teachers and students in those schools. Uh, but how can they, they get more info on that? Yeah, that the best place to get info on that is to go to artsforlearning.org, Artsforlearning. and that will give you um, all the contact info. And the woman who actually does the booking is Sherry Brown. And it's really easy to do. Basically, you just call up, figure out a date that your school can have the assemblies, and you book the date, and then we just show up and we do the program. And for Title I schools, it costs uh, $100 for up to three assemblies. So total price would be wow. three 45-minute assemblies like within like 15 minutes of each other. So usually we split it up. We'll do like K through one or two, and then two through five or three through five and depending on some schools are huge so we end up doing assemblies that are maybe 200 or 250 kids each and the reaction i've seen it myself is great these kids really get into it they get excited i think my my favorite part and it happens without fail every time is right when we start and you pick up your bass it's it's like Elvis coming out on stage. It's just this amazing yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah. There's just this, just when the moment the bass Whoa. comes off the floor, it's just, Whoa. Yeah, it's nothing to do with me. And I actually make a point of leaving it on the floor when they're walking in so they don't really see the size of this thing. And then, you know, because a lot of the kids haven't been exposed to real people playing real instruments. I mean, basically, they're exposed to the voice or whatever they see on, on TV. And so to actually see the musicians hap- happening, playing, and also the interaction that goes on, I think is really like mind blowing for the kids. It's really fun. And I'm sure at least some of them are going to go on and remember that when they become musicians themselves. Yeah. And San Diego just has so many opportunities now for education. There's also um, like the UCSD Jazz Camp that's a week long program and the Francis Parker Jazz Camp that's a two week program. You teach at that, right, Ian? Yeah. 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 So there's mm-hmm. so many opportunities for kids and these schools also offer scholarships. So there's opportunities for everybody. Great. Well, let's, let's check out one more tune from your latest record. The bass is the space record and that will take us up into the break. Um, but before we, we pull one up here, what was your inspiration? I can't remember, but I think you started this as a solo project based thing and then it morphed into a duo project. But uh, what's the concept? Yeah, the I, thing? yeah, it started out as just a solo project. And then I was doing all these duo gigs with different people, especially with Steph in a duo setting and then also Joshua. And I was like, man, this is so much fun. I mean, I love having drums, but there's also a certain interaction that happens when you're just a duo you know and if everybody's like cool and relaxed the time always feels great and I just wanted to really showcase that so I thought you know I don't need to have like 13 solo tunes on a record it's cool to kind of mix it up so it gave me inspiration to like add in and do some duos yeah so here's another one of those duo cuts and this one is called it's an original by Rob it's called Ornette's Vibe and it features Gilbert Castellanos on the trumpet Thank you. 
This is San Diego Sessions, your inside perspective on the SD jazz scene. Hi, I'm Mandy Joe, and here's your jazz forecast for September 11th through the 17th. Monday, September 11th, Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. Come sit in or just relax and enjoy. No cover, 21 and up. Tuesday, September 12th, KSDS and Jazz 88 presents Jazz Live with Reedman Vinnie Golia as he brings his quintet to the Seville Theater on the City College campus, featuring Gavin Templeton on alto sax, Kathleen Pineda on piano, Miller Wren on bass, and Clint Dodson on drums. If you're a Jazz 88 member, you can reserve up to two free tickets by visiting jazz88.org. Jazz Live is a monthly live radio broadcast with a live audience, so if you can't make it, listen from home on Jazz 88.3 FM. Wednesday, September 13th, trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66, a mainstay in San Diego for decades. Listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of Balboa Park. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Drop by early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. No cover in all ages, families and even pets welcome. Friday, September 15th, tenor saxophonist and stellar podcast host Ian Tordella will play in an organ trio setting with co-host Ed Kornhauser at the Hanlery Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. No cover, all ages, and parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour series is put on by Holly Hoffman. Stay tuned for more great jazz. The Mekons Lakovich Trio plays at Beret Southern Bistro from 7 to 10 p.m. Alto saxophonist of note Christopher Holliday brings his quintet to Dizzy's, featuring trumpeter Curtis Taylor, pianist Joshua White, bassist Rob Thorson, and drummer Duncan Moore. Music starts at 8 p.m., $20 cover and $15 for students. Saturday, September 16th, vocalist Allison Adams Tucker plays jazz on the Latin side at the Westgate Hotel Plaza Bar, featuring guitarist Peter Sprague and percussionist Tommy Eros. 8 to 11 p.m., and all ages are welcome. The Anthony Smith Quartet plays at Northern Spirits in San Marcos at 7.30 p.m. I'm Mandy Joe, and you're listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's number one jazz podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Well, Rob, it's time for the San Diego 7, if you're game. Uh-oh, I'm up. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> the San Diego what? <laughs> Good question. Ed, what is the okay. San Diego 7? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do that bit over again. No, no this is great right now. Go. Okay. We're not really? doing any bits over All right. again. Well, I was, I was, what I was going to say <laughs> was these are seven questions. Uh, we'd like you to answer them from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. Oh, I've been saying that Don't every week, and I kind of like okay. that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, number one, what was your first job? My very first job was, well, I was like gardening for my neighbors and making money. But my first real job, I think, when I was like seven or eight, that I was paid a, a normal wage was not a normal wage, but I was a dog walker. Ah. For a little dog na- named Duncan. Yeah. Nice. So that was my first job. You mean my first musical job? Actually, I just meant job in general, but what was your first musical job now that we're on that? It was somewhere in Berkeley. The The first actual cool gig I got was a place called the Bancroft Lounge, and that was actually somewhat of an established bar, not unlike um, 
Turf Club, mm. kind of that same vibe, although a little bit rough around the edges. As but, Turf Club has been periodically throughout the years as well. Yeah, and uh, that was definitely where I like got a chance to play every week and kind of really start learning my instrument. Oh, nice. Um, Which paid about as well as the dog walking job. <laughs> That's like sounds like my gigs. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather deal with dogs than drunks. Anyway, uh, number two. Um, in brief, what's your typical practice and warm up routine? I'm really into practicing lately. I've been studying piano with Bobby Cressy, and I'm finding I practice as much piano as I do bass. But practicing piano is like super beneficial to everybody's musicianship, which I'm always telling my students about too. Um, I'll usually get up in the morning and go play some piano. I usually wake up before Steph and I'll go play some piano or some bass. You know, and I do some warm ups on bass, but I do a lot of sort of play alongs with like my uh, drum genius, you know, that cool little iPhone app. Yeah. So I, I grew, even if I'm doing scales and stuff, I do that to kind of like give myself, get my heart going, get into it. Um, but I basically just do as much practicing as I can, but I've, I'm never getting like four or five hours a day in cause I still gig a lot. And, you know, if I get an hour in on piano and maybe an hour and a half in on bass or something, that's like a pretty good day. Nice. Number three, what's your spirit animal? Oh my gosh. My spirit animal. <laughs> that's Duncan is, calling. Is a hummingbird allowed? Yes. Is that a spirit animal? Yes. I love hummingbirds, so yeah. I totally relate to them. Actually, if I could have two and they were both birds, they would be the pelican and the hummingbird. Um, Those are two extremes, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Well, the pelican I just love because it seems so otherworldly, like prehistoric looking, and I just love the whole connection to the ocean and the way they fish and they go in and fill their whole, you know, beak, whatever that thing's called. So I love pelicans, and I love how in tune they are with each other. If you ever watch them flying like a flock of them, they'll all be gliding at the same time, and then they'll all be flapping at the same time. I mean, they're really like in sync, so I love them. And hummingbirds, I just love their awareness. Where At our house, um, we get a lot of hummingbirds there. And yesterday I was talking to Steph, and this hummingbird came up like as close as like a foot away and just like checking us out. And we're just like looking at this little guy doing his thing. And then he'd move like a foot, but he was still like checking us out. And then he decided we were okay. So we went over and like found a little flower and got started feeding. So those are my two spirit animals. That works. That works. I like that you picked two ends of the aviary spectrum. (laughs) Number four, and I've been dying to ask somebody this. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Definitely the one horse-sized duck. I I feel like I could maybe get some reasoning in on that. And dealing with a hundred of anything is like overwhelming. It's like if I'm in a in a group, like I walk into a room and there's like you get into a conversation and there's like a bunch of people. I always have trouble assimilating that, but I can deal with like one or two people, even if somebody's a super super strong presence. I can I can still deal with that. Okay, you'd rather, so, so you could reason with the du- the duck, the yeah. big one. Duck. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any reasoning with a duck, but it could I, be body language and stuff. I mean, ducks are they're pretty in tune. They're pretty like cool animals. Okay, all right. I would see. I, I would go for the hundred. I would go for the hundred duck sized horses because I feel like I'm bigger than them. But I pre- that's a cool way of thinking about it. I never would have thought about it that way. <laughs> Um, 
kind of you talked about okay. art. Okay, back to jazz. Yeah, back. <laughs> back we are to a jazz team podcast, I swear. Um, you sort of answered this earlier, but who do you think is an underrated bass player? Oh yeah, so I mentioned Art Davis, so that's uh, that's an example. Um, well, he's not underrated, but he's a little way less known than some people like Ray Brown and Scott LaFaro. And for me, one of my favorite, favorite all-time bassists is Oscar Pettiford, who he is sort of a household name, but and this is obviously going back quite a few years, but I think his contributions both as a composer and as a bassist were just phenomenal. So I got a lot from him. Uh, compositionally as well, there's a tune he wrote called Bohemia After Dark. I mean, I have a bunch of his tunes that I do, but I think he's a phenomenal bassist and composer. Uh, number six, do you have a dream car? Ooh, Uh-oh. that's hard because I'm a total car guy. I mean, mm. I'm totally a car guy. I know. Um, but then I'm realistic enough to know that a 1958 Ferrari or something isn't a practical, so a uh, practical whatever. Endeavor. Endeavor, thank you, Andy. <laughs> but probably my favorite car as far as like driving and beautiful is uh, like a late 1950s or early 1960s Alfa, Ro- Alfa Romeo Giulia the sprint coupe is probably my favorite one of all time i just think they're beautiful and the engines are like little jewels and they're they're great but unfortunately i had an old car a 1957 triumph but i just sold it as we talked about to sort of finance the new motor on my vw vanagon but at this point the vanagon's getting old enough so it's like a classic car so i can sort of justify putting the money into it it's a beautiful van and we tour in it and everything it's actually you know you can haul people in it and steph and i when we toured a lot in it we'd go out and go four or five thousand miles like all over the southwest wow so you're home away from home yeah yeah i couldn't do that in a 1960 alfa romeo no or your triumph you could but it would look it would look so cool (laughs) you'd have to have a support vehicle i'd be pushing it yeah Yeah. (laughs) and uh number seven our old standby bacon I'm vegetarian. Then that would be oh. it. No, you're the first. <laughs> he broke the streak. You broke the streak. <laughs> Every, over. Everyone's been pro-bacon, and five, you're, the, you're the first. But five, I still drool. I no mean, bacon. I'm still a dog at heart. I mean, when I smell bacon, I'm like, wow, that looks really good. But Perfect. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you broke the streak. Everyone's been pro-bacon until you're, you're a trendsetter now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Rob, you, you've been around... San Diego, you know, for, for quite a, a, a while, a few decades now. Yeah, 1987 I came here. Or actually, 86 I moved here because my mom was sick. I came down to take care of her. Right. And I, I grew up here, too, from uh, from when I was 5 till I was 17. I lived here as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, and when I moved in town, you were, you were one of the first people I got to play with. Or I sat in at the Onyx Room and was super intimidated by everyone. But, um, but what I love about what you do is you, you've... Over all these years, you've gotten in all these creative projects and uh, always putting out good stuff. And you're working with some of the my favorite musicians in town. Well, thanks, um, Ian. But what is what is next for for Rob Thorson? Do you have any ideas or projects on the back? Yeah, burner? I've got a couple things on the plate right now, and both are in very like just concepts and ideas. But I'm sure that they'll both be happening. Um, one. Uh, Steph and I have been talking about doing probably a quartet record, but a jazz, definitely a jazz type of material record, um, you know, with keyboard and then her and 
myself and drums. So we're thinking about that because her last one was definitely more kind of soul groove oriented. And I think she sounds wonderful on the jazz material as well. So we're planning on that. And then I'd also like to do another project um, because of the piano playing, I'm doing a lot more arranging and working on com- composing. So I'd like to do another recording project, sort of like my lasting impression project, which I think we'll hear a track from in a minute. Um, and it involved a few more horns. And I actually I had a an engineer come down. It was still it was still self produced. And at this point, I wouldn't mind actually having a, a producer. I don't want to drop any names, but maybe if Kamau was interested, that would be incredible. But you know, spend a little more time in the studio and, you know, some jazz projects are like, okay, guys, we got eight hours, bang, let's do it. And I the ability to spend right. maybe two or three days recording gives you a lot more freedom and you don't feel that, that time crunch. So that's definitely, I've got that hopefully in my future. Great. Um, and around town, what are some neat gigs you have coming up besides... Of course, you have your regular gig pretty regularly at Panama 66. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anybody that knows about the Panama 66 gig uh, knows what a great session it is. And if you don't know about it, I highly recommend it. Um, Gilbert Castellanos leads it. And it begins with the Young Lions from 6 to 8, which features some of these incredible young San Diego talents. And then Gilbert leads the uh, evening beginning at 8.30 till 11.30, and it's a jam session. So, And it features all sorts of people, local talent, national talent, people touring and everything. So that's happening. And then I have a couple gigs coming up uh, September. I think it's the... September 15th at Dizzy's, right? Yeah, Friday, September 15th. That'll be with Christopher Holiday, and I believe Joshua White's on that. Um, it's kind of an all-star band, so I'm really excited about that. One of the one of the OG Young Lions. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And then on September 23rd, I will be at the U.S. Grant. They have a great little lobby duo gig, and uh, I'll be there with Melanie Grinnell from 5:15 to 7:45. Excellent. Um, and you can always find out more at Rob's website, robthorson.com. Earlier in the show, we were talking a lot about the voices of our city choir and what a cool project that is and how it's really connecting people to the community. But uh, if people are interested in that, or even if they just want to volunteer and find out how to help out, what's some more information on that project again? Yeah, so once again, the website is voicesofourcity.org. We have rehearsals every Friday at 23rd and Broadway Street, and it's the Youth Services Building. So it's open to the public. Anybody that wants to come sing, join us. If you want to bring some food and donate some food, that's great, too. Um, So that happens 23rd and Broadway, Fridays from 11 to 1230. So there are any other ways people can support if they maybe they don't want to join musically, but any other ways people can Absolutely. If you go on the website, there's all sorts of information. There's also videos. So if you haven't seen the choir, I'd highly recommend checking out uh, one of our videos. I think one of them's from the KPBS show, and there's others from the news, um, from Channel 10 news programs. So you can check that out. And on the website, there's also a place to donate as well. Great. Well, we're going to go back to your your last big uh, full album project, which featured a whole host of people like uh, saxophonist Ben Wendell, Jeffrey Keezer on piano, and oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. But we're gonna we're gonna listen to a tune called "Dance of the Freaky Circles." Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about this. this explanation is from your... <laughs> for the title. Yeah. Give yeah. us an explanation here, son. <laughs> on my old computer, uh, they would have when you would listen to a track, it would have those blobs of light 
do you remember this on the screen that were like generated oh, by the sound in, in like in windows yeah, yeah on windows and they oh, never yeah. had the song title but so it would say dance to the freaky circles on it which made no sense at all because it wasn't a specific song or anything so i always make a joke that once i have a title of a song it's easy to write the song so i thought that would be a great title since it wasn't any specific uh song so i i wrote the tune based on that but then it was funny when i was going to release the album and i was talking to a few different people about uh, releasing it, record albums and stuff, I, or record producers. I ended up doing it independently anyway, but one guy heard the title of it, and he was like, nope, you got to change the title. <laughs> Sorry, I, was gonna Sorry call the, I, can't, I can't do that. I nope. was going to call the whole record dance of the Freaky Circles. Oh, yeah. Oh, so at least the song. Missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here comes Dance of the Freaky Circles, and Rob, we'd like to thank you so much for being guest number five on San Diego Sessions. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for being a part of this, man. Well, this is great, Ian. Thank you, Ian and Ed. This is uh, it's really fun being on here, and thanks for what you're doing for the community. This is this all makes a difference, and this is one reason San Diego has this thriving jazz community. So keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. Here we go. Dance of the Freaky Circles.
listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser. Performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artist. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. <laughs>